Welcome to FFC Top 3, a show where we, your FFC hosts, count things down from 3 to number 1. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have a suggestion for Top 3, like a few of you have this week, be sure to drop us a note on Twitter at FocusFireChat in our Discord or even email us at FocusFireChat at gmail.com. This week is a suggestion from one of the Guardians of Lore podcast alumnus. He suggested we talk about our top three villain deaths. So characters that have died who are villains, our top three favorite ones of those guys. With us, as always, it's Green Eyes Music Lover, if I can say my own name for once this evening, as well as Blue Crew 86, and in the hot seat tonight, is Do You Know Destiny? And my individual the... name is Volshock Berserker. Yeah, but I know you as Do You Know yes. Destiny? The... Absolutely. Volshock Berserker. So, we're going to count things down from three to number one on this. I'm going to have Blue go first this evening, then Volshock, then myself, and we will get this thing going. Threes, threes are starting us. Blue, you are up. So three, or my number three was actually really annoying because I have, like, so most of them are from, or actually all mine are from books, but I can't remember the names Mm -hmm. of the villains, and I don't actually ever, I don't remember, and it's been a long time since I've read the series, I don't remember if they actually die, Uh, but they were, like, yeah, I just, I know, I just remember, like, the visceral feeling of the the group of villains that, uh, it's, uh, it's from the Blending series by Sharon Green. Uh, it's a team, so like it's basically a team of uh, different magic users against a, a mirrored team of different magic users. It's a huge like competition type thing, and I remember like the series itself is is really uh, it's a very adult series, uh, but it's also got a really really cool unique blend of the magic system that they use. Um, and so I just it's like one of my favorite series because of the magic system that they have. Um, mm-hmm. but I cannot for the life of me remember the, the, the arch nemesis team that is going on. They're just like, but I remember them just being like, she did a really good job in making them a hundred percent believable and like also sympathetic. Uh, mm-hmm. but you still wanted to just punch them in the throat. Like, you know, it was like one of those, it was one of those char- those group of characters that you were like, they were just, they meshed really well together which was kind of the whole point of the whole blending concept but as a whole you just wanted to punch them in the throat um but yeah it, it was that group and then it was actually a tie between that group and then the group uh group of species from battlefield earth known as the cyclos uh who did get killed uh as a whole their entire race pretty much got exterminated uh in the book and it was it was again a situation where uh, L. Ron Hubbard actually, I seriously love that book. Um, I've actually read that book enough times that I've gone through three copies of it. Wow. Um, so then, and if you've ever seen that book, you'll understand what, like, that's significance of that. That is, it's a very large book. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've actually read, I've read to rags three copies of that book, but the uh, the cyclos as a whole they're they're the main antagonist of that novel, and it's just ah uh, their their comeuppance that they get at the end is a combination of like they basically are architects of their own destruction, um, in a number of different ways, but it's just beautifully done in my opinion. 
Nice. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. This is good. This is like a little cathartic for me because just bad guy deaths, hearing about bad guy deaths and like the stories behind it is always a little mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I guess. Berserker. I'm just going to go with I guess you. I'm up now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Number three, I would say would probably be one of my, from my favorite, one of my favorite book series, the trilogy. I guess no, there's four books now of Aragon, the death of Gabaltorax. It's been, okay. Really? It's been quite some time since I read the books, but I... Yeah, I was about to say, I haven't, yeah. I think I read the first two books. I have all four, but I was wait, I waited so long for the fourth one, Inheritance, to come out, that mm-hmm. finally being able to read the death of the Mad Emperor felt so satisfying. <laughs> and I, years ago, at this point, the author, Christopher... Lowen, I want to say, mm-hmm. said he's going to yeah, be the fifth one. So I wonder oh, if they're going to. I have to, I have to go back and reread those. Yeah, I, I hope that we get some more info on Galvatorx. Because all we remember was he was a dragon rider who turned on everybody. But I want to know like more about him. What like how his mind went through when he became the villain. Interesting. Yeah, I, I quick I uh, I remember I was reading those books around the same time that I was reading the I think it's Sabriel series. Oh, those are Garth good. Nix, those are good. Which has mm-hmm. oh geez, you want to talk about man, fascinating magic system. That that was a that was another one that was really really I, interesting because the bells. I gotta get a list of books from you guys because all of these magic systems sound amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really bad actually. Like I'll I'll put up with really bad books if they have really good systems. Like it's real. I'm I'm kind of it's like I'm not embarrassed to say that, but I've I have read some just like if you if looking back, I'm like oh that book is absolute trash. But the underlying system that was like there that was being kind of touched on was like I'm like I really mm-hmm. like that. I'll fixate on those types of things. That's my feeling on the entire book series. Was it Clockwork Angel? I haven't gotten oh, yeah. into that one. It's, I ha- I like yeah, it's, but it's, I've the, I've heard the systems stuff. are nice, but the weird storyline. No, that's um, uh, Vampire Earth. If you've ever E. E. Night. It's a really interesting twist on the vampire mythos. Um, not like I wouldn't say it's horrible storytelling, but like the 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 twist on the mythos is definitely the reason I read them. It's not because of the story, like. But I can talk forever nice. on that. So green, nice. Yeah, no worries. Uh, my number three is the death of the six fingered man, Count Rugen from <laughs> Princess Bride. Because, it. oh my god, it's also a good book too. The it's book also a really is good book. the book. <laughs> um, but it's just so satisfying because Inigo Montoya, one of the main <laughs> characters in the book or in the movie as well, has a scar left on him from Count Rugen. And Count Rugen had killed his father when he was younger and left him the scar as a reminder just to be like, <laughs> As uh, he don't. so happily reminds everybody. 
Yes. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Um, great, great little scene. But he finally gets to enact his own little bit of revenge at the end after, like, Rugen has basically, like, taken off because he's really a coward. He's not... And uh, Inigo ends up being the better swordsman in the end. So it's very satisfying for Montoya to basically take him out at the end, get his revenge. And he's, his last kind of thing he says to him is he want, all he wants is to have his father back. He doesn't want gold. He doesn't want riches or anything like that. He just wants his father back. And obviously he can't, he can't give it to him. So... It's very satisfying to get that little bit of revenge, that familial revenge on that. But that brings us to number two's blue. Uh, mine is Mordred from the Dark Tower series. Uh, I kind of, we kind of, I can't remember what exactly it was. Last either one before last, the one before that, kind of touched on that. But Mordred is the, and it's the he was. He was basically created to be the antithesis of Roland um, Mm -hmm. and through a series of unfortunate little, not events, but tweaks, uh, basically ends up, he ends up again being the architect of his own destruction in a weird, like weird way. But he's like in, in the same regards that he is super, super uncomfortable to read about. Um, he's also really pitiful. Like he, King did a really good job with Mordred in, in the book series. Uh, well, he hasn't been introduced. I don't know if he's going to be introduced in the TV show. Um, but like Mordred's character is, is very reminiscent of the actual Mordred from the Arthurian legends. Um, and when he is, when he is put down in the books, uh, it's, it's actually almost a, it's almost a mercy kill um, mm-hmm. that is being performed, which is it, it's appropriate to his character because he's basically cre- he was created really with a with a intent to be a weapon, not not actually like there was no there was no regard for his his like personhood, um, mm-hmm. which is a really it's a really interesting thing to to read about, and that actually ties into my number one. Um, but yeah, so Mordred from uh, the Dark Tower. He's in the latter hat, like latter fourth. I think he's after Rhea. Yes, yes. Uh, he he makes Rhea look like a walk in the park. I will I will put oh, it that way. I'm not. You're not like, making it easy for me to well, pick it back up. Because see, saying. like the thing the thing is is like Rhea Rhea was like she sold herself to to like what's referred to like as the outer darkness like. She was like she she had her own issues and and she completely embraced them. Mordred was never like given a choice. He was created mm-hmm. by the Crimson King uh to basically for the purpose of killing Roland. Like that was he was created and from the very beginning of his existence he was basically unleashed on the world. Uh then there's a whole, there's like a huge connection throughout the entire series of how Mordred came out to or came into existence, and it was like it's really messed up. Um, but like the entire time, he actually views Roland like you see the story from his perspective in a few chapters, and you like as much as he 
has like this built-in hatred of Roland as a you know as a figure of whatever has been programmed into him. He also mm-hmm. he also is is in a weird way hit Roland's son, and so awkward. He, well, it I mean yes, no, but that's actually what in turn creates this sense of like he just wants to be loved he's just like a child he just like no one has ever shown him love and that's actually what is his undoing is he he he's like yearning so much for this connection that uh he basically opens himself up and that's what allows allows him to be over overcome ultimately but yeah he he's he's like he's both a really fascinating character that you can't like you can't help but really feel uncomfortable with his with his character but you also kind of feel really sorry for his character at the same time mm-hmm. king king does a really good job with making those villains like the villains that are like they they're weirdly pitiable like you know it's yeah pitiable like I'm sorry. Pity- that pitiable. Just through- pitiable. Oh, have pity upon. Yes. That one. Okay, that one. Gotcha. 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 All right. Do you have a pitiable villain next? Um, I would have to say General Zhao from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh yeah, I get you on that one. Because he was, he was basically the stereotypical villain, and then when he, was it the Southern Water Tribe? Mm-hmm. When he invaded them, and he had the Moon and Ocean Spirits take him, it was to me a satisfying death because he kind of he he deserved it a lot and then later on when the legend of korra came around not only was he i would say killed in the physical world but his his um astral or his soul was trapped in the foggy mazes for all eternity which i think is a very i could say bad great punishment for him Mhm. Mhm. Wasn't he Okay, so I'm trying to remember his connection to some of the other characters. Like there was a more personalized connection between him and some of the characters, wasn't there? I believe he was at the match between Zuko and his father where he got burned in the eye. When Zuko got and burned, he had a little bit of a disdain for Iroh because of his failures at bossing say. And Zuko was always trying to live up to his father, or essentially kind yes, of thing. The whole honor thing, which yeah. he mm-hmm. grew up from, which is great. But I feel like right. General Zhao was maybe an early inkling of what Zuko could have become if he went down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. You guys read such great that books, is... and I got like an old no. show. It's a great no, I show. Mean, I've got a. My next one's going to be a movie movie villain, so mainly because I love the actor. Is it Matt Damon? My number... No. Matt Damon! Oh, no. Matt Damon! Has Matt Damon ever played a bad Interstellar. guy? Interstellar. Like, I don't mm. think I... Uh, really? Yeah. I would Inter- laugh at Interstellar, him being a bad he was guy, kind of a creeper, saying. wasn't he? He... I think he was alone for too long. 
I was about to say, isn't that the one that was slightly uncomfortable if you actually thought about what was going on? Mm-hmm. He did. I haven't, I I haven't watched him. it. I haven't watched it. Oh, I was it's like, I saw so it and good. I was like, eh. I love space Isn't that the one with him, so him and, uh, oh, is, it, is it Jennifer Lawrence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking but... of because that was the creepy one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing Mr. Ripley. Oh yeah, okay. Bad guy. Yeah. The problem I have with Matt Damon is I have like my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, like the little trilogy is the Oceans series, the Oceans 11, 12, 13, and he plays Linus, the just utterly he plays bumbling really well, hmm. and I cannot see hmm. Matt Damon in any other role <laughs> re- other than just like a kid who doesn't quite know and gets kind of thrown into the most awkward situations sorry matt if you ever listen to the <laughs> show which i highly doubt but sorry um my no my favorite act one of my favorite actors of all time in multiple movies also played the villain in another trilogy that i know gets a lot of bad rap and it is agent smith hugo weaving Ooh. from the matrix when neo basically through the power of what we don't even know for sure, basically rewrites his programming mm-hmm. and just the power of Christ compelled him. him. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I have such mixed feelings about that last. Well, that's what happened. Three, but it, here, 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 I know unfiltered I opinion. Know. That's I'm, what happens is when when the story that you stole doesn't have a conclusion and you have to come up with one. Yeah. Well, did you ever hear the um, yeah. fan theory on that ending? Which it well, um, the prop. What was the prophecy that? the one born in the matrix would save it mm-hmm. someone uh oh that it was actually that it was actually smith yes, the entire time but it was actually smith the entire time because since neo destroyed him in three and was reborn at that moment he was the one who saved the matrix interesting yeah well, was black it? flag saying in That's, chat right yeah. now i don't know but he just plays such a good oh, bad yeah. guy in that like He's he, he's been in a couple other ones that he's been a slightly like not right. not good but not necessarily bad. He does a really well, good like job. Him as Elrond mm-hmm. in Lord of the Rings, of the Rings a, was like my first introduction to him, and yeah, he's just amazing. He carries. Uh, he the does, room. He's he's up there with uh, Gary Oldman as far as like actors who play good bad guys in my mind. Yeah, and it's funny because he can play. He plays very serious actors or very serious roles very well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hugo Weaving as Mr. S- Agent Smith is definitely my number two on that one. Which brings us to towards the end of our show. We have number ones. Time to wrap it up. Blue, what do we got? Uh, number one is definitely Walter O'Dim again from the Black Tower or Dark Tower series. Um, mostly because he is he is so much more. Uh, within the mythos of Stephen King than just the Dark Tower. Like, Walter is a a prevalent figure throughout a large majority of King's works. Um, he, he makes mm-hmm. appearances in a number of different, se- like, air quotes series because they actually all are connected inside the Dark Tower multiverse uh, within the, the overarching multiverse. Um, mm-hmm. And Walter is one of the... Uh, very dark threads that connects all of them 
Uh, so when he finally gets his his just rewards at the hand of his own creation, uh, which is it's it's both an extremely graphic and un and very 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 disturbing scene when he does get killed, uh, but also one that you're reading and you're like, that's right. Go back to the beginning of the chapter. Read it again. Go back to the. Mm-hmm. I might have read that chapter like three times in a row because it was it was one of the. It's one of those. It's one of those characters in which you're like. I don't. I don't normally like take pleasure in seeing a character brought to to an end, but like Walter's character was just. He he was just so well written as a villain, and he was so unredeemable um like even in his last pitiful moments when he when he's like completely reduced and you know he he realizes that he is not going to achieve you know his grand scheme of becoming the his his goal of becoming the one who scales the tower um Mm -hmm. like that like watching that hope in him getting crushed was like i'm like yes do it do it again do it again like it's just uh great great ending to his character by by king and i think that was in the dark tower actually i want to say he was he was there right up until nearly the very end um i can't remember if it was the dark tower or the one right before that but he he was he uh he he nearly made it he nearly made it and then appropriately appropriately he was he was denied yay i like it when bad guys are denied their their final wish or whatever they don't actually get their it's such a satisfying feeling it is it is what is your number one sir well given the 20 minutes i thought about it i'd have to say not just like this isn't just like one character in this case it's like a trio it would be the three prophets from halo because i read the books Mm. and if I'm remembering correctly, the three prophets knew that the great journey was a lie because they had an oracle from hundred years yes. prior telling them that, telling them the true purpose of Halo. Yet they still used the great journey as a way to get Forerunner tech and then almost wipe the galaxy free of all life. And mm-hmm. to me, it's the turning entire races fanatical for a goal they don't truly understand evil and them getting their comeuppets one by one with what was it mercy being punched to death by master chief Mm -hmm. as Um, he rightfully deserved truth oh how did truth die truth arbiter that's what it was arbiter yeah truth was skewered and the third one taken by the flood <laughs> and just based on some of the accounts of like captain keys when he's being taken control of the flood sounds brutal and i love it a lot well and it's especially since you since you read the books you know that what they did to become prophets yeah they were very, like very how dirty. they they yeah they they did not they they skewered the system quite hard or quite heavily. They do love glassing planets. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I forgot about that part of that. 
Alright, so my number one is very visceral. It is one of my favorite scenes and probably one of the most iconic slash scene that was burned into my mind as a young child. And it is when a chain gets thrown around the neck and just with all of her weight, Princess Leia suffocates Jabba the Hutt. Because oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one needed to happen so badly. Did you oh, have yeah. you read have you read the book of uh, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, go go and see if you I'll see if I can find one. I'll send, I'll send you a copy of mine if I can find my my old old books because the death scene for Jabba in the like original script is just so mm-hmm. oh my god, it's so great. Because it's basically called out that she has to strangle him because mm-hmm. you can't shoot him. What? Because yeah. he's a hut. Like, because huts are so fat. You can't <laughs> actually like they've actually <laughs> tried they've tried it. to yeah. assassinate a hut and like literally people have wasted entire <laughs> blaster charges. That. And I there's just nothing that, that happens. It's so bad. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the... why that's actually why oh, she strangles God. him is because she wants to make sure that he actually gets killed. Right. Because the whole, you can't, he's got basically a ballistics um, amount of fat to yeah, be able to stop a, any bolt from going through the layers. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sure a lightsaber can cut through it, but it would still take a lot of chopping. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, Black Flag. Yeah, it, like technically I think the lightsabers could kill him, but it, it yeah. But it was it's it's a really kind of interesting like because that's actually sort of cra- called out in in uh, what's that Return of the Jedi? Uh, it was called mm-hmm. out there, and then it's actually called out also within Tales from Jabba's Hut's Palace uh, when you actually you actually get to read a small story about a hut giving birth. That was that's oh. really it's it's really inter- like it's interesting uh like how the expanded universe built some of the alien species up i don't want to know uh, the huts are very well huts are so they're asexual oh, really? uh okay. they don't actually yeah they they actually kind of like they're like split. slugs they basically like split yeah it's like really weird um but it's like it's called out like they're the most vulnerable when they're little because they don't have the copious amounts of flesh or like or fat around them a lightsaber could definitely kill a hut because. Oh yeah, it would take it would take a bit of. Well, yeah, it'd be yeah. like when Qui Gon was cutting through that steel door. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, but smell. Luke didn't have his lightsaber at that point, did he? Uh no, he did not, because that's that's what we're talking about, Chad. He force grabbed a pistol to shoot Jabba before he got thrown into. Which, oh my gosh, that's such a sad story too. Like the actual story of the rancor that's in the pit. Yeah, like, I know that. He's like he's that? actually like the the pet of the the uh, uh, the I want to call him groundskeeper. He's not a gameskeeper. Uh, the mm-hmm. dude the dude that gets basically thrown in there at the end. Like there, he actually really cared for that rancor. It's oh, like it's cried? actually kind of sad. Yeah, he's actually kind of sad. I'm like, oh, that. That's that's so. Uh, well, he like cries at the end of it, doesn't he? Like in the scene, yeah, you see yeah, him like upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor guy. 
I don't know. Did you guys have any like also rans that almost made your list? Yeah. I know I had at least one. I had uh, the Alien Queen from Aliens just simply because Sigourney Weaver's line right before she rams it with the uh, forklift is like seriously one of the best ones. And it's about a cat. It's about a cat? cat? Yeah. I've never watched Aliens. So oh, I don't know. no. Yeah. So, oh, it's not, I mean, I... Uh, I don't do suspense. I, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I, I'll give you that. It's more of a suspense, I think. Uh, but no, like, so the entire thing is like, you know, she's on... The the entire Alien series is really, in my opinion, really good. The book series is even better. But um, mm-hmm. but there's like the whole thing of like, she's she's killing all the xenomorphs or whatever, and the queen goes berserk. And they're in the very final, the very final scene of everything. And... she's in like this like weird so they're on the spaceship and she's on and it's uh it's a like a engineering bay so they have like all the Mm -hmm. heavy equipment and it's a basically a forklift is really what it is that she ends up just skewering this alien with and uh but the but the bait that she uses is the cat that has been like in the entire movie The, the cat like just it never gets hurt like it always just manages to get out of the way but she's using it as bait and the entire time this alien is like dedicated to trying to get to the cat um well, it's because it keeps like yeah well it yeah oh god oh, it's just a scratch oh god <laughs> that was the best part of that movie was the like um but no so like there's this there's the scene where it's basically uh ridley and her her response is get away from her you beep beep and she hits the alien queen with the fort and pushes it out into space and it's oh, just God. like it's just like it's one of those scenes where it was just it's ridley scott like he does such a good job with the the whole like emotive presentation um and it's just uh i i seriously it's just she's just one of those those villain kills that's just mm, perfect you know what another one of the like childhood scarring ones that almost made my list was the Nazis from Raiders of yeah, the Lost Ark. Yeah. Oh, the skull melting and oh, yeah. oh god. Lost Ark was you, and then also the uh the one where the heart <laughs> Temple like, of Doom. Indiana Jones had some isn't the Ark the one where if Indiana wasn't in it, it would have turned out exactly the same? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he really, he's not an, an actual hero in that one. No. He just is smart enough not to open his he eyes. Just, and look yeah, at the he just managed to read the clues and was like, a clue. Don't, don't touch the thing. Um, yeah. What was the, uh, the Last Crusade was the other one that like, this is the, it's you have chosen poorly. Oh yeah. The grill. Mm-hmm. Team age real quickly. Uh, yeah. Man. Do you guys have any other ones? I was going to say one and then, oh, uh, Grubber from Die Hard. Just simply because of the behind the scenes story of how they didn't tell Rickman about it. Hans with Wait, the fall. Oh. So, like, he's hanging, oh, yes. he's hanging there and, like, those. they didn't tell him that he was, like, they were going to drop him basically so the look mm-hmm. of panic on his face in the movie that's an actual like that's the actual response of him being dropped <laughs> he's like 
it just it just make it just makes it a little bit better in my mind. Um, and yes, it is also the best Christmas movie ever. Still don't believe that. <laughs> I got, I'm just, wondering I love, with Blue on this one. I'm like, it's wasn't it Bife that got in an argument about that? Yes, yeah. yes, because we he was here when we did the holiday movie top three. I mean, it's not the God, typical holiday it. movie, but it is a holiday movie. It is a holiday movie, literally, and it's also <laughs> it's fine, whatever. Oh, Gremlins. Gremlins is not a holiday movie. Gremlins is not. Boo. One or two. I don't remember. Boo. I, none. I don't like Gremlins. We've had this discussion. (laughs) Uh, Gremlins actually was the one, like, it's not, I know it's not an actual horror movie, but it is actually the movie that gave me the most nightmares growing up. I could see that. Yeah, me too. They were just terrifying. In the age of of Furbies. God! Oh my gosh! The story about a Furby. Those things are evil. Those things are freaking evil. Okay, so I lived semi catty corner to a friend of mine. She had a Furby. I stayed the night at her place. Oh no, they're Those creepy. Those things activate. Yeah, they activate what? with motion. They're supposed to activate with motion. We were asleep. Yeah, they'll wait. The they'll wake up Furby randomly. Was on the dresser. It woke up and started talking to us, and I'm That's like, uh, "Yeah, no, I'm going home. Oh, yeah, I'm no. not staying the rest of the we night. Had, like, we're not doing. We this had anymore. one, and it nope. ended. It ended quickly with a baseball bat because it did <laughs> yeah. that, and I was like, "Nope, nope, <sighs> sorry, I'm not. I'm not playing this game." They were creepy, and they'd be like, they're kind of like lighthearted, but at the same time, it's like. Furby says hello. Well, a child's like, laugh oh God, nope, nope. Is, brings you a lot of joy unless you live alone in an apartment. <laughs> and you don't have a yeah. child. And you don't have a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those are the, yeah. those. So you, I, I like how you two both are like, we don't like horror movies, but some of the best things that I've ever, ever I've ever seen are the, uh, the horror stories in two sentences. Have you guys ever seen oh, those? I've seen some of those, yeah. No. Oh my gosh, they're so great! Like it's they're not movies, but they're they're like. Um, hang on, let me let me look up a few. I browse Reddit sometimes when I see them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really they're really big on uh, on Reddit. Hundred fifty short yes. two sentence horror stories to freak you out. Yep. Nope. I don't want to. Let's not. Let's not. No, hang on, hang on. It's Green. it's really cool. Green wants to sleep. Green wants to sleep tonight. Because one of the best ones. Oh, yeah. So here, this is the one. So it's, I begin tucking him into bed and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering and whispering. Oh, I've seen that Daddy, there's somebody on my bed. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that one. Well, then. They're so good. They're so good. It's, oh, I love them. Because it's like, it's always like, it's always like the, wait, wait, hang on, what? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh, so you know the, um, I'm sorry, John thing. Yeah. With Garfield. Mm -hmm. It's like that to me. Oh yeah. The uncomfortable feeling of something behind you. you. So I got introduced to Garfield with a pipe. Yeah, I don't know if you know what that is. No. I highly encourage you to look up Garfield with a pipe. It is some of the worst 
humor I have ever found in a comic, but it's also hilarious. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Chat's not happy you know, with me. <laughs> yeah, I. it's fine. You know, I'm actually going to wrap up this episode before we get into too many more things that might give children some nightmares, including myself, because mm-hmm. I'm considering myself childlike at this point, <laughs> even though that is that ship has sailed a long time ago. So thank you guys for joining us for top three. Remember to shout out your suggestions for us. They're always fun. If you want to torture me a little bit more, talk more about horror stories, because definitely not a huge fan of that. But I don't mind a little conversation now and then. But if you have those suggestions, hit us up on Twitter, in Discord, or at focusfirechat at gmail.com. And then remember, until next time, everybody loves the list.